Big Red Revival. Welcome into the Big Red Revival podcast, episode 25. Nebraska gets its first win over the weekend over Penn State and a 30-23 to 23, uh, victory after uh, being up 27-6 at halftime and holding on uh, for dear life there at the very end to, to secure Nebraska's first win of the season and move to 1-2 and two on the season and 1-0 and oh at home. Uh, it's Nebraska's first win in over 330 days and... Uh, Good, bad, or ugly. It a win's a win at this point in this program. So uh, it was just good to see Husker Nation's in a good mood mood this week. So Zach, what say you? Nebraska on on the board in the win column now. Good feeling. I think uh, overall, uh, you know, Nebraska athletics really had a good weekend. It kind of got kicked off with uh, McGowan's five star uh, committing to Nebraska ball and to get things going, and then. And then I saw something on Twitter. It's like Nebraska volleyball uh, has the the number one recruiting class in the country. Baseball's right there, um, sniffing the top twenty five. Even basketball, the same. Then you got the Huskers taking the win, and then to finish things off, you got Bud Crawford kind of repping for his city and and getting the dub on Saturday night. So uh, a lot of feel good um, in the state. It's a good week. day in Husker Nation. Yeah, it's, we we got to enjoy a little uh, victory Sunday as we talked about last week. So something we haven't haven't had the opportunity to experience in a while. But uh, you know, feeling good and um, looking forward to uh, keeping the train rolling for next week. Yeah, seeing what else we could do this season. Yeah, it just felt great. I mean, a beautiful Saturday and in Lincoln. I mean, it kind of feels like September. You know, since the season's still getting underway. Um, but you know, for November and it being 60 degrees out and sunny, I mean, and got a beautiful week of weather ahead of us this week too. Just, uh, yeah, it all came together Saturday and, you know, you talked about, um, victory Sunday. Yeah. I, I didn't really know what to do the rest of the day. I was like, well, shit, I guess I could kick back and enjoy some other college football, which wasn't very many, uh, top end games on this week, but, uh, and then uh, Sunday, you know, just wake up feeling good and just, you know, puts puts everybody in a good mood. I mean, like you said, it's been over 350 days since the last time Nebraska got a win. That was uh, what last year at uh, at Maryland. So it was good to get one in the win column. Um, also, it's good to, uh, you know, a minor upset. But, uh, you know, Penn State was three, three and a half point favorites over us coming into the game. So, uh, you know, getting where they say good teams win great teams cover so mm-hmm. uh, Nebraska get the cover there um and you know just kind of sees if this see if this game can you know set in motion um you know the wheels to get the rest of the season up and moving um you know it wasn't the prettiest of wins obviously but um you know you got to feel good with next week with uh, Illinois coming into town and about your chances to move to two and two to be 500. So, Zach, you know, just kind of general overview of the game. What uh, what do you think? You know, Nebraska jumped on them early, a couple of turnovers that led to scores, uh, went into halftime up 27 to six, and then had to, uh, you know, fight like hell to hold them off. Once again, um, the second half woes continue for Nebraska that uh, we're up to six points scored in the second half total now. So, what'd you see out there total? Yeah, I mean, kind of a lot of the same from last week. You know, we, again, we have a really, really, you know, promising first drive. This time, the the penalty, fortunately for us, didn't didn't hold us away, uh, hold us back from putting points on the board. 
Um, you know, McCaffrey looked like he had a lot of good energy to start the game. And, you know, we, in general, just looked like we had more energy as a team to uh, to get going there. And and like you said, you know, the turnovers on defense really, really helped us out to to keep the momentum going in our favor. And um, so, yeah, very a lot of very good things, positive things in the first half. And then and then the second half comes around and it just looks like we just don't know how to be winners. Um, we can't we can't keep that lead. We let them sneak back in and 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 by no means nothing against our defense. You know, when when they're out there, the majority of the game, naturally, they're going to get a little bit gassed and and, you know, they're they're going to have some plays, you know, go against them and, and get beat a few times because that's just that's just the way the game goes. But I think, again, you know, you got to take a lot of positives, uh, a lot more positives from the defense than you do the offensive side of the football. And and, um, you know, it's it's good to see us finally, you know, leg one out and finally finally get a win um, put up. But, you know, there's there's still a lot to do. And I just I still don't feel like we really have much of an identity on offense, whether Luke's in there or not. And um, I was uh, just kind of a side note. I was talking to my boss a little bit about it this morning. We always kind of do a little recap. And he he said something kind of funny. It's when we when we um, insert Wandale into the running back position and kind of put those those slower, more possession type guys, blocking type guys on the edge at receiver, he calls it the panic package. And <laughs> it, I, I thought that was really well said because that's that's exactly what it was. You know, we we couldn't get anything going in the run game all of a sudden. And, um, you know, Dedrick Mills kind of disappeared. And so, um, you know, he he's got to do what he's got to do. But I feel like, you know, with an offense and an offensive mind that Frost is supposed to be, um, we can get a little more creative than, than doing something like that. But Again, we took the win, and it's it's good to 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 you know have something have a number in that column, right? Um, you know, it's always better to win or to learn after a win than a loss. You know, feels a little bit better. But uh, you know, all the issues we talked about in the first two games that uh, were issues of that led to us losing were uh, still issues that uh, we saw throughout this entire game. Um, obviously, we've I mean, since day one, uh, Scott Frost on his ten play script. Um, we do very well on our first possession. Um, and once again, we went right down the field. We had that uh, one holding uh, false start penalty, but um, McCaffrey was able to make a man miss and scoot around the end there for the start. So our for the first down, and which led to um, him being able to finally, you know, down on the goal line, get underneath center and uh, and quarterback sneak it in. Instead of getting into the shotgun, which – I know how much Husker Nation loves seeing the shotgun on the uh, on the uh, what uh, one yard line. So it was good to see him get underneath the so- shotgun or underneath center and uh, sneak it in there to get get us on the board. Um, and then you know uh, on defense, uh, kind of a lot of bend don't break throughout the day. Gave up a lot of yards, gave up over 500 yards, but uh, held, held held Penn State to field goals once they got down into I don't know what you want to call. I kind of call the green zone from the 30 yards in. Uh, just outside the red zone, so holding them to to a bunch of field goal attempts, uh, including a missed one, um, I thought was uh, pretty valuable. Valuable, especially since you know, given what uh, what transpired in that second half. So um, it was good. It was a good. You know, it was good to see us get back in the win column. But um, you know, it's just you like you said, it's a cut, still a lack of identity on offense. Um, you know, for the Wandell thing, I was kind of happy to see him back there at running back because. Clearly, we can't seem to get the ball in his hands uh, at receiver or anybody's hands that's playing receiver. So, you know, to have your best player not have the ball in his hands is never never a good thing. And, you know, if that means having to line him up at running back 
Uh, you know, so be it. Dedrick Mills, he got nicked up there in the first quarter, I believe, and didn't play the rest of the game. So um, the the running back position is obviously uh, not very deep or deep at all. So uh, it was good to see Wandell come back there. And, he, you know, he provides a spark also, kind of like McCaffrey. Um, you know, he feels like any any one of his plays, he could be uh, could hit the home run. So um, we needed to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. And we were able to do that with him at running back. So. But obviously the biggest talking point issue of the game was, uh, you know, the switch at quarterback finally happened. Uh, the changing of the guard, maybe. Um, Luke McCaffrey uh, started, had his first career start over Adrian Martinez this week. Um, it started 1-0. and What did you see out there from Luke and the game that you liked and a couple things that maybe, uh, you know, still need some fixing? Well, I'll tell you, it didn't really look like it was his first start. He looked really comfortable out there overall. I mean, he... He was out there. He was making plays early. Um, you know, things things weren't quite as sharp in the second half, but you know that just tends to go for our entire team. Um, I I don't think he throws the best football when when he uh, we does get his feet set and 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 deliver. Um, but you know, for the most part, I mean, Peyton Manning didn't either, and, and the ball always got to where it needed to be. Um, so. I think in that aspect, you know, he's got some work to do in the passing game, but we we kind of knew that going in. Um, it's more his athleticism that that uh, that will kind of set him up, set him apart from two a.m. You know, he can he's got a little more agility, and he seems to just kind of make decisions a little bit quicker. And you know, I was a little hesitant on on whether I believe that or not uh, before this game, but overall, I, th- I think he does, you know, just, he's, he's got almost got that kind of like twitch to him, you know, he's, he's out there, he's, he's got just a, a lot of energy. And so that's good. And I think uh, the team overall kind of feeds off of that, but um, yeah, it's just, we can't, we just, no matter who it is, it just seems like we can't really get anything going in the past game. Right. Um, and I just think that's due to a lot of inexperience with that, that receiver group. And, um, you know, even now with the quarterbacks, uh, or with Luke. Um, so, and, you know, on top of that, on top of that, uh, the lack of run, running game we do have, you know, it's right. You know, there's, there's a lot kind of stacked against us, but I think it's more self-imposed than anything. We just, we have to understand who we are. And, and so hopefully, you know, with, with another week or two on uh, starts under Luke's belt, we can, we can kind of gain a little bit of uh, you know, understanding of what we can do and who we are going forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, Luke had a a decent day. It was, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this that we we win this game uh, whether a, whether he's starting or Adrian Martinez mm-hmm. is starting either way. Um, he surely didn't win us the game, but he he didn't lose us the game though either. I mean, um, you know, basically he went twelve for twenty one for one hundred fifty two yards, a touchdown interception, um, but one of those was uh, basically a push pass to to Xavier Betts. So that is, that's really not really a pass. So if you take that away, he was 11 to 20 for 99 yards. And I wouldn't even say his interception was really his fault either. He got hit while he was throwing. Maybe he held the ball too long, but that's one of those things where it, it's kind of a toss up. So, yeah. <clears throat> so it, the numbers are not, no, no, I, they're not eye popping by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just, obviously the defense played, continued to improve, uh, have a, had a couple of nice turnovers there. Um, one return for a touchdown, one uh, almost returned for a touchdown, but uh, ended up getting three points out of it. Um, so 
you know, we got in a real good place. Like I said, we're up 27 to six at halftime. You know, you're feeling pretty good about things and, you know, hopefully and maybe being able to put your, your foot on their throat in the second half, that didn't happen. Um, you know, the same things we've seen all season uh, appeared again, again in this game, um, a, a lack of identity play calling the play calling once again, just atrocious. I mean, you know, uh, Scott Frost even said during his press conference uh, today that he was, you know, he said during the second half, it started to have a feel like Colorado. And it's just like, so you're confirming everything that I thought that, that, that shit <laughs> is in your head. So if you're thinking that on the sideline, like, you know, you're getting tight, man, you're getting tight. You, the team was tight and he was tight. And the fact that he came out and said that in the press conference tells you that, you know, it, he's, he's shook, man. He doesn't have all of his confidence there. And, you know, when you, your coach doesn't have all of his confidence, you know, that, that, you know, gets portrayed onto the team. So just the fact that he came out and said, you know, it started to feel like maybe it was going to be the Colorado game. And it's like, oh, okay. So, I mean, yeah, we were all thinking it. I mean, it, it was looking that way. It's like, oh, are we going to let these guys come right back and tie this game up and take us into overtime? But, uh, you know, the defense, like we said, you know, a lot of bend don't break. I mean, how many pass breakups do we have this game? Four or five, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dismuke had a couple. Um, obviously, uh, Cam Taylor Britt five. had the we had five. five. Yep, Cam Taylor Britt had the real nice one in the end zone where they're trying to get it to Dobson over the top uh, to save a touchdown there. So those are plays historically we're one hundred percent get pass interferences on. Like those are just that's kind of what we do. We get pass interference, move the chains, and the guys timed it up. They looked good. I thought they tackled better. Um, you know, obviously want to give a shout out to you know last year the linebackers were kind of the joke of the defense, um, just not being able to run side to side. Um, they have they have improved. They've absolutely improved. Um, it, they're running side to side. They're filling holes, and they you know they're wrapping up and tackling and getting guys to the ground. Will Honus has improved each year he's been here. Um, and um, sorry, what's our other JoJo? Uh, JoJo, JoJo, you Colin know Miller. Colin Miller. Colin Miller has really stepped up. You know, I was like I just talked about in the preseason. I was a little surprised that he was voted a captain, but um, you know, he's really stepped up his game and had a really nice season. And then JoJo Doman. You know, he was my preseason guy of you know kind of a make or break. JoJo Doman's been a good player his entire career here at Nebraska, but it was time for him to take that next step and. To from being a good player to being an all-conference performer. And uh, he is sure on his way. He's had a bunch of tackles for loss already. Uh, just been flying all around the field. Um, you know, just really like the way he's looking. The young guys are coming along. Uh, Nick Heinrich's looking good. Uh, obviously, he probably needs to bulk up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the defense is looking good as a whole. You know, you obviously, you know, still kind of an issue with the DBs about uh, wrapping up when they hit. But, um you know, we've seen more strides on defense than we have an offense, which which is concerning with a uh, offensive head coach. I mean, um, Penn State racked up 501 total yards, and to Nebraska only had 98 or 298. Excuse me, um, it ha- killed us in the time of, time of possession. So defense was on the field. Um, I feel like almost all game. They, Penn State ran 91 plays, and Nebraska's 52 plays. So uh, just kind of puts a lot of stress on your defense, but um, you know they stepped up and uh, arose to the challenge. So it was good to see, good to see out of them. What do you think the main issue of why the the offense, uh, the defense is improve, improving as opposed to the offense that which isn't? It's kind of just stuck in the mud and trying to figure out who they are. Uh, well, I think I think it starts with you know just the general start with uh, with Frost and his staff. You know he they came in here. 
And I feel like they just tried to like install everything that UCF had in place right away from the get go and didn't realize that it's, it's, it's kind of, it's going to be a process, especially, you know, UCF was kind of running that similar type of offense before Frost got there. And so I think it was just, you know, uh, kind of a shock to the whole system. And um, as I say, kind of going into like preseason um, or into like a new season of football, the defense is always going to be a little bit ahead of the offense. So I feel like it's still the case here. And then on top of that, I feel like that Nebraska, you know, they, they will commit to, you know, a certain type of approach on offense. And then when it doesn't work, they almost kind of reel back and they start to, you know, second guess themselves and then maybe take it a different direction. And then when, and then when that starts to work or doesn't work, then maybe they, you know, revert back to something they were doing before or weren't doing before. And so I, I just feel like, you know, it, it, it just, the whole lack of identity has, has been the way or been the case since the start. And we haven't been able to overcome it. We haven't been able to really commit to one thing or one, you know, uh, kind of scheme uh, and, and just kind of say, we're going to roll with this. Here's what we're going to do. And so it's just, it's just more indecision than anything else I feel like. And um, you know, eventually we just have to figure it out and just, and just ride with it because, you know, the defense has kind of been doing the same thing, you know, and just kind of stayed the course since, since Shenander and staff have been here and it's starting to pay off. And, you know, maybe uh, our offensive staff needs to look at that a little closer and kind of just build off of that. Yeah. It's just, you know, I think that, why the defense is improving. Well, I mean, let's take the defense line, for instance, these guys, all the starters right now on the defense line, all played a little bit last year, but none of them were starters. So it was just able to backfill guys. Obviously, still he's got a lot of playing time, but he wasn't necessarily a starter last year. Um, it's just uh, – and then Colin Miller, I mean, you lose Mo Berry and you still have Will Honus and uh, and uh, Colin Miller there. Uh, the DBs are, you know, have all had experience playing. None of them were all starters last year, but everybody played on offense. I mean, you know, wide receiver, for instance, you've got, what, four freshmen – two JUCO transfers, or one JUCO transfer, a regular transfer, um, and then, of course, Wandell. Um, and then at running back, you have Diedrich Mills and then, you know, a patchwork of a bunch of freshmen and redshirt freshmen. I mean, it's where, where's Ramirez Johnson been at? You know, the guy, you know, we came into the season thinking this guy is running back too. This is, you know, uh, hearing all good things about him. I haven't seen him play yet. I've seen him on kickoff, but uh, – I don't know if he's got a carry yet this season or not, but, you know, just the lack of depth, it's just kind of been, you know, a bunch of fill-ins, you know, each year it's been kind of uh, a different story of who's, who's helping out. You know, last year we had Mo Wash in there. He's gone. Just so many transfers in and out of that wide receiver room has just left us, left the coverage bare on that end. So the defense has been kind of just been able to be next man up and next guy fill in, you know, he's got some time in the system you know, a little playing time before he started. These guys are just, you know, year one starters. So I don't I don't know. But, um, <clears throat> I, you know, I think the difference between the McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez is that, you know, when the play breaks down, um, McCaffrey is able to do a lot more with, with it, just pure athleticism mm-hmm. and speed um, if something breaks down. But, I mean, just like for an example, say, say – they, these two were on Ohio State's team. Ohio State would be a better team with Adrian Martinez playing at center or at quarterback mm-hmm. uh, 
than they would be with McCaffrey. Now, a team like Nebraska, who doesn't have the pieces around him, we need the quarterback to basically make a bunch of plays when something breaks down. You know, I think that we're probably better off with McCaffrey. But, you know, a more established team, a team like Ohio State, they'd be better off having Adrian Martinez. because It kind of shows you the value what Stanley Morgan really had in Adrian Martinez' freshman year. Yeah, I mean, that was just a solid – consistent target but yeah go no, ahead. Well, that was the last time we were able to throw the ball down the yeah. field you know i mean mm-hmm. it uh <clears throat> it wasn't necessary that he was throwing them just jump balls but uh you know i don't know if they just don't have a have a lack of faith in the wide receivers we have now but you know some of these guys are stepping up and i mean xavier betts can be a player um yeah is a player yep uh you know either way you want to look at it you know uh marcus fleming he can play football so it's just a matter of you know getting calling some plays and scheming these guys some uh you know I don't know. We yet on the season, we do not have a 100 yard receiver on the season yet. Not, not in a game for the season, season totals. And we do not have a running back that has a hundred yards rushing. So, you know who we should just start using a receiver hmm. game, Taylor Britt, <clears throat> you know, he, he's that a guy, playmaker. That guy like, does everything. Playmaker. So, you know, it's just, it's kind of like Wandell lining him up at running backs. Like when you, we got a certain amount of players on the team that we need to get the ball in their hands. And Cam Taylor Britt might be one of those guys. So I don't know. It's, it's something to look at, but um, you know, now we've got Illinois coming, coming to town. Illinois just got their first win against Rutgers. A little come, come from behind uh, last second field goal to win. Um, Nebraska for some, some reason is 16 point favorites. I have no idea why Nebraska is 16 point favorites. They're, they're not 16 point better than anybody in the country right now. Um, but that's the opening line. So, you know, you've got to feel good about your chances, especially it being a home game of us getting this second W here and moving to two and two. Um, after this game, what? How, do, how does it change your outlook on the rest of the season and this next week in particular? Well, I think going into the season, we could all agree that, you know, once we got past the Penn State game, that was kind of the bulk of our – or the right. – the tough, We're looking to come out of those games two and yeah, two, right? Yeah, right. And you know, to be honest, we should be two and one. Um, you know, yep. fuck, fuck you, Wisconsin. But um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But um, no, I, I, I feel good about coming out of it. Um, you know, I think that you know the rest of our teams are are beatable. I mean, if if we can just find a way to do something on offense, I think our defense. I, I wouldn't have said this last week, but I think our defense is just, is just here to stay. I think they're going to be consistent playmakers. Um, we have we look like a Big Ten team now. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you got to watch it, Taylor, but um, they have this new thing on Huskers.com, and uh, Jeremiah Searles and one of the the local guys. You know him if you saw him. Um, they do this this pregame show called. Uh, live from Memorial Stadium. And you pre- they just kind of give the, the pregame breakdown and everything um, while, like, warm-ups are going on the yeah. on the field. Yeah. And so you got to you get to see him out there. You get to – I mean, you kind of got the feeling that Luke was going to start based on what I saw watching that on Saturday. But right. um, watching that and hearing them talk, it's like these guys are – these guys are much bigger, stronger. I, I, I hope faster. We don't get to see our fastest players on the field much, but <laughs> – no, um, no. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like we're, you know, we're squarely in the mix in the big 10 now, whereas coming from the big 12, you know, years ago, we kind of weren't, you know, 
quite up to par with how to right. compete in, in at this, different in body this sizes. Right. Body and, and so, um, you know, Illinois is one of those big, strong teams and, you know, occasionally they'll give you flashes of, of some good stuff, but right. this year it seems like they're kind of down. So I feel good about this game. And then, you know, we still have Iowa. We still have Minnesota. It's terrible. I, if, yeah. we, if we lose to them this year, I'm going to be very sad. Yeah, and they're the, our last game of the season. By then, they might have already mailed it in. Yeah. Good players might already opt out because that, that's what, you know, motherfuckers are doing this year. It's like, um, you know, just um, opting out. It's like, it's, listen, man, you're four or five games in the season. This That ain't opting out, motherfucker. That's quitting. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you quit. <laughs> you fucking opt out. But, you know, they just make up new words to fucking, you know, just – it's no, you quit. Yeah. Like, uh, all, all that shit going on down there at Mississippi state. It's like, mm-hmm. you're not opting out of anything. You fucking quit, man. You guys are suck. So you're quitting. Like, yeah, that's, that's, these guys, that's, these guys opt out. And then three weeks later, <laughs> ABC players entered the transfer portal. It's like, yeah. no. So you're transfer- <laughs> right. You like, quit. You exactly. <laughs> like you're using, you're using the damn pandemic to benefit you. No, it's not opting out. You fucking quit. So, um, yeah, Minnesota's playing terrible. Um, other teams in the Big Ten, Penn State's the only winless team in the Big Ten. Um, but, you know, if you look at the other three games outside of us, they're 0-4. Uh, they lost to Ohio State. They lost to Indiana. And they lost to a really good Maryland team. You know, Minnesota or Penn State uh, doesn't look or feel like an 0-4 team. But, uh, you know, they've played, what, two top 10 teams and a Maryland team that I don't think a lot of teams in the country want to see right yeah. now. And I think they um, found something in that new quarterback that they played most of the game that will leave us. Yeah. Like that guy's a that guy's a ball player and yep. he just brings a little more than Sean Clifford did. And so going yeah. forward, I would expect to see him play a lot more. Yeah, you know, he's he's uh he started uh, his uh, campaign on Twitter to be the starter already, so wow, um, that's not a good yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, Twitter. <laughs> yes. Um speaking of Twitter. Well, there's a um, there's, you know, there's one parent out there that, uh, you know, kind of has drawn the ire of some of a Husker Nation. Um, our old friend from uh, this summer, Kurt Warner, is back in the mix after his son has had a uh, a rough start to his uh, senior season um, where he is named captain. Um, and right now he's got two plays. Um, he's got more plays than that, but he's got two plays here. Uh, a dropped touchdown pass against Ohio State on – what maybe some would say a bullet pass from Adrian Martinez and another wide open drop pass from McCaffrey this week on what some may say was a duck, Um, you know, was kind of going back and forth with uh, some Nebraska media about, uh, you know, defending his son, Um, you know, just him. Hey, you know what? It happens. He's showing good sportsmanship. You know, he's, he's helping out his teammate. I don't know. You know, Basically, trying to defend his son, which at the end of the day, I get it. But at the end of the day, I also get it's a fucking really bad look. Um, Zach, what's what's your take on this whole saga of Kurt Warner and uh, and 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 Kate dropping touchdown passes? You know, I would thought that he was one of the most sure-handed guys on the team coming in the season, and then now, uh, I mean, he's got the yips. <laughs> the yips for catching the ball. What's odd to me is I randomly brought him up last week on this podcast. Right. Just out of nowhere, just kind of popped into my head. It was a random thought. I I think I even said that, hey, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, it would have been bad. Okay. I yeah. I, I retract my previous statement. Um, the guy is clearly a psycho. 
damn, he's a psycho. I mean, okay, so <laughs> one, you are at your son's game sitting in Memorial Stadium. Your son is a captain for arguably a big time college football program. No, arguably, we are. Come on, okay, now. let's up, right. put some respect on the name. <laughs> um, and your son, yet again. Drops a very catchable touchdown pass. Correct. Yes. And like you knew, you knew what you're signing up for right. when your son decided to come here. The media here, it's different. I, I don't, I don't, you know, pay a lot of attention to like Alabama or Clemson or anything like that. I'm sure they're crazy too, but I, I can honestly say it's different here. They're poisoning trees down in Alabama. And not not even media. I'm I'm talking uh, fan, fan base. Fan base, yeah. Yep. And so, if you're really going out and seeking comments about your son while you're sitting in the stadium after he made a clear mistake and trying to go in and defend him by right. saying that he's never had an, another drop ball when he had it three weeks ago at Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I just I don't know where your head's at, man, and and that's probably a good example of why you're not getting asked to come and work with college quarterbacks because right. you're doing stuff like that and it's not a good look. No, it's it's a terrible look. It's a terrible look, and you know what? Um, we you know on lesser degrees, obviously, we've all been on uh, on sporting teams where the uh, parent was a little too involved and too vocal, and you know what? You know what ended up happening with that. As the fucking teammates started looking at him different, like, yo, tell your fucking daddy to shut the hell up, you know? Not saying that I'm saying Kurt to shut the hell up, but, you know, we've all been on that team where someone's parent is, you know, doing a little bit more talking than they should. You know, I, I've got a kid, but she's, you know, she's one, one and a half years old. So I haven't got into it to the sports world yet, but uh, I've got nephews that play, you know, elite basketball and, Jesus Christ, man. Like the parents there, like I feel like there's going to be a, a fist fight at every single game. I mean, there's people talking shit openly about other people's kids. And, you know, these kids are 12 years old, 11 and 12 years old. And just they're going after the refs. Youth sports has just gotten gotten crazy. It's way worse than I remember it when we were that age. There was maybe, you know, one or two one or two parents that said like every single parent there is there talking shit, thinking they know more than everybody. My son's the best and fuck that kid. That kid over there sucks. Why is he playing? And their that kid's parent is fucking sitting right behind you. It's like, God damn, man. Like I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to handle that. Like, well, you know, you talk shit about my kid. I'm going to fist fight you, but there's <laughs> no, that that's it. I also know, but in the public eye, it's probably different. I I have a daughter. He's got a son. You know, you probably want your son to be a little bit, you know, fight your own shit. But yeah. But to that point, Ed McCaffrey isn't on Twitter saying, "Oh, my son should be starting over at two a.m." Yeah. I mean, no. Especially as present as Kurt Warner is in the sports media world. Like, right. He's I on mean, fucking NFL Network. He's on, NF, he's on NFL Network, and he's doing all these other things. Or, or I mean, trying, I guess. But. Um, it's just, it's not a good look, dude. Like you got to just let it go. I mean, right. It's, it's only, I mean, his teammates got to be looking at him like, Hey, yeah. Hey, Hey man, you know, and he probably, he probably is too. Like, God damn. Yeah. Man, shut the fuck up. Yeah. As, as a parent, you don't, you don't go to the, to the haters or to the, the fans right. or the media. You go to your son and talk to him about it. Like yeah. that's, that's the it only wasn't way like to do it. We're saying he's a fucking bum, you know, yeah. saying, catch I think the goddamn ball. He he's very well liked here. I mean, everyone yes. loves his mustache. Very well respected. Everyone loves his mustache. He's a captain. He's a former walk-on. We know how the Husker fans love their walk 
walk-ons. So love them. I mean, let's just let's pump the brakes a little bit, Kurt. Maybe shut down social media for a little bit and do us all a favor. Yeah, he was talking. He was going out with some of the national media, Scott Callahan or Sean Callahan, not Scott. Excuse me. Um, it's it's like I wish one of them said something back. Like, hey man, just catch a goddamn ball, plain and simple. You know, like, they did. Yeah, but it's like, dude, he's being combative. Go ahead and go ahead and get go ahead and get nasty with him. You know, let him yeah. have it. You know, let him have it. Everybody, once you said something to him, they're like, oh, you know, well, well, at least we won. It's like, no, tell him fucking your boy needs to catch the goddamn ball. Fucking, and don't be on here talking shit when your boy is one that fucked up, man. Just, like that, just accept know, the fact you're going to get blocked exactly. by Kurt Warner. Fucking talk to your boy. Deal. Hey, man, fucking, you know, got to do better. But it's a fucking terrible look for him to be on the internet arguing with fans and media members. I mean, just, you know. I, obviously, I've still got faith in Cade. I think he's got good hands. I think he can play wide receiver. Um, some of those other guys, no. No, I don't want to see them anymore play. You know, Levi, sorry. I don't need to see you play anymore. Um, any of those other guys. It's like Cade, Cade can play football, has very high football IQ. Um, just, yeah. you know. Did you see the other Did you see the other Twitter thing uh, for, uh, with a Husker fan recently? Uh-uh. Yeah, uh, our boy Connor Culp, the kicker. Oh, his yeah, truck, did he get robbed? No, his truck got stolen outside of the hotel that they stay at on Friday night before the game. Nice. Yeah, and then and then he just put on Twitter, like, I think Monday afternoon, uh, thanks to Husker Nation, uh, due to all your comments and everything, we were able to, to find my truck. It's like... Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, there's a real fine... I mean, you know, in the podcast... Obviously, sometimes we've got to, you know, talk shit about some fucking young kids, and it is what it is. But, you know, the people that argue with kids online, the football, you know, I don't know. Are they kids? Are they adults? I don't know. But it's it's a place you don't want to get into. I saw yeah. one of uh, one of my good Husker follows, Husk guys. He was, you know, fucking uh, getting raked over the coals for uh, talking shit about Cade Warner. It's like, you know, hey, are they kids? Are they not kids? I don't know, man. I mean, I, it, yeah. You feel you feel a little bad doing it, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like you guys are also adults. You're also adults and you play a sport where, you know, do you, do you, did you call your kid or yourself a kid at 22? At 22? Um, <laughs> He's got to be pretty close, doesn't he? Yeah. 22. I mean, shit, you can you can do a lot of things at 22. Yeah. Just can't so, rent a car. cannot rent a car. So but I don't know. It's, you know, Twitter's a bad place and it's not a good look for Kurt to be on there arguing with fans. It's also not a good look to be calling out fucking, you know, tagging players in and shit. It's like, I'll call you out on my podcast, but I'm certainly not going to tag your name on here. I don't need all the fucking Karens to come out. And you're like, yeah, I'll leave him alone. He's just a kid. It's like, okay, fucking whatever. That's the last thing I want is Karens coming after me. So yeah, no, not, <laughs> right? no, the last thing I want in the world is actually some, any kind of internet drama is fucking <laughs> actually the last thing I want in the world. Like that's <laughs> fuck. as much you as you know. want it to, it's, it doesn't go away. Yeah, no, it's, you know, the one time what, when we went to Michigan a couple years ago, uh, I went out to the Michigan game where we got curb stomped like 68 to fucking three or whatever. And uh, Wendy's, said something afterwards. Wendy's Twitter handle said, you know, maybe need some frosties for, you know, that red ass whoop, whatever they said. And I was like, boycott, uh, boycott Wendy's. And they replied back. It was like, you know, all butthurt. And then I had literally 10,000 people attack me on (laughs) 
Wendy's part. I mean, imagine being online defending a fucking fast food restaurant to somebody you don't know. Like, oh yeah, Wendy's is the best. What this guy's an idiot. It's like, dude, you're on the internet fucking defending a fast food restaurant to some guy you don't even fucking know. Like the internet is a dirty place. And as soon as that happened, I wanted out of that fucking internet beef immediately. I'm like, this is not what I wanted. Not what I wanted. Question about that. Yeah. Have you you ate at Wendy's since? No, Dave Thomas is rolling over in his fucking grave, seeing (laughs) seeing what she's turned into, you know, (laughs) that's, that's for goddamn sure. Dave Thomas is not happy about what Wendy's has become. So no, I haven't had it and it's still boycott Wendy's. So, um, but yeah, like, just a roundabout way of saying yes, Twitter is not a great place. So. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, you know, we got Illinois coming to town. They get their quarterback uh back, their original starter starter, Brandon Peters. Uh it was a starter last year when we played played there. Um, but they also had uh Juice Williams, Isaiah Williams, uh, yep. have his breakout game as a freshman. Ran for over 200 yards and threw for another hundred. Um, it was freshman of the week. So I'm not sure who they're going to be going with uh, next week. You know, Lovey's, you know, playing the Scott Frost game of, uh, you know, keeping it all hush hush. You know, it's it's, t- it's funny. The two worst teams in the division, you know, the ones that like to keep all that hush hush, you know, trying to trick everybody. So they've tricked people into two wins so far between, between them this season. So uh, I'm not sure who's going to be starter. Obviously, I think I'd like to maybe go against Peter's. Yeah, more. I think uh, we do better against uh, stationary quarterbacks. Isaiah Williams was a uh, five star, five star, or a four, mm-hmm. uh, high four star. He's a five yeah, star, yeah, out of uh, St. Louis, I believe. So you know, and the fact that he ran for you know two Bills last game tell you tells you what he's capable of. But uh, I'd rather see Brandon Peters. Um, I like going against a drop back passer a little bit more, and able to pin yours back and get after the quarterback a little bit more than instead of having a guy that uh, is looking to pull the ball and run on you every time. So uh, what do you think about, I mean, the Illinois game in general? It's it's going to be, like I said, we're 16-point favorites, which is uh, ridiculous. But um, do you think we kind of uh, able to maybe get some more of those kinks out of the offense and defense to keep playing the way they are? Or what are you expecting to see? Well, I, I see kind of one big issue just – it's Monday, so it can change, but um, there's there's a good chance of rain Saturday, mm-hmm. and um, as we know, uh, we tend to have a little issue with fumbling the football. Um, so <laughs> I I'm not looking forward to that, but um, I I think that our defense can have a really really solid outing against this offense. I mean, they haven't they haven't been able to you know really move the ball that well. Right. Um, the I mean we don't have we don't. We're not lighting up the scoreboard necessarily either, but no, I think no, it def- we are not. I think it definitely plays in our favor that we're at home. Um, I just I think this is a good matchup for us. Um, I don't I don't think they really bring the same um, intensity and like stout defense that they did last year. I mean that was a hard hitting game last year that we played yeah, against them. High scoring game. It almost went- Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's why he probably left. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I mean, there was almost 80 points scored in that game, and I, I just don't see it being that way. I think this is going to be more of your your uh, prototypical type of uh, Big Ten type of game where it, it, it we might see, you know, a 21 to 17, right. 17 game. I definitely don't think we're going to be – we're I don't definitely don't think we're going to cover. I think you take a long, hard look at the unders in this game, but 
Um, I think it is a really good matchup for us just based on the way our defense is playing and the fact that our offense can hopefully get off to another good start in the first half. Yeah, um, obviously you like the offense to get to a good start. Do you? What do you? How do you think he goes about it moving forward? Do you think that we see Adrian Martinez um, coming in and playing in special packages, or how, do you think Adrian Martinez? There's still a position for him in this offense. I don't. I don't think we see Martinez in a in a special package. I mean, you do those special packages for guys like Luke. You, you yeah, don't, or maybe what about just a like. Um, a series, you know, like give him a series or two. Do you think he's, you think he's going to play anymore? Or is this, or is this it? Um, I don't think they even give him a series unless things start to go awry. I think that, I think that you, you kind of just, you've, you've handed things off to Luke. Um, you hope that nothing happens to Luke and you kind of ride him from here on out. I mean, you, you can't, you can't keep doing that to the, to these two guys because it's right. just going to mess with their, with their confidence and, Obviously, Martinez' confidence isn't where it was probably going into game one. So I, I I just don't think that you mess with that that type of mentality. You ride with your guy and then, you know, let the let the chips fall where they, they may. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing I can tell you for sure is that the offensive pl- problems the first two games clearly aren't uh, problems that were based on Adrian Martinez. I mean, <laughs> every problem we had in the first two games we had mm-hmm. in this game. Um you know, the difference was that the defense made enough plays to uh, get us a couple chances to score. Um, I I think we're going to see Adrian Martinez this week. Um, I think he's going to play a series or two. Um, you know what? And I think we're going to need Adrian Martinez in this season um, going forward. Luke McCaffrey feels like feels like a uh, in like in baseball like a relief pitcher, a wet band aid. Yeah, <laughs> like a relief pitcher. It's like a relief pitcher. You know, you got a long relief guy that, you know, can maybe, you know, throw you three to four innings or whatever. But there's a difference between being a relief pitcher and a starting pitcher. Um, and I think that it can get you through for the time being and be a, you know, a stopgap. But um, I don't know. I I don't see I don't see Luke McCaffrey just riding this out the rest of the season um, unscathed and not, you know, getting some trouble where I think he maybe even eventually gets pulled out of a game and we go back to Adrian to see, you know, what he's got. And I think this week that, uh, we see both of the quarterbacks and I truly believe that that's actually how it should be played. I, I know the old saying, if you, you don't have, if you have, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I, I am completely subscribed to that notion. And, and that's what I'm saying. We don't have one. That's, that's what my position is that neither one of these guys is the answer to Nebraska's quarterback problems going forward. So I think we use both of them. They've got different skill sets. Um, like you said, Luke is able to make make a play more when a play breaks down. He's able to scramble out and uh, do some things with his legs and his athleticism. But um, I think that we still have a place <clears throat> in this offense for Adrian Martinez. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus. And I think we see him this week. Um, and just – you know, Frost talks about him like he's this goddamn, you know, long lost kid or something like he's a son. So I think that he's got a soft, soft spot in his heart and, and is going to, you know, <clears throat> give Adrian a shot to uh, see what he can do because by no means did Luke just go out there and leave no doubts that he should be the starter. No, by, by no, no figure of imagination was that, was that the case? Um, you know, we saw the same mistakes he made, Adrian made. We saw the same issues, a couple high snaps, a couple false starts on offense. I mean, the same issues that we've had for the previous games, we had this game. So um, I'd like to see both of them play. 
I think it gives us a nice mix. Um, you know, obviously Adrian's not nearly as fast, but Adrian's a very crafty runner. I mm-hmm. mean, he, you know, go back and watch that Ohio State game. There's three or four plays where, you know, he made guys miss in the hole. You and, know? He, and he started to learn how to how to go down the right way, like not not take on hits. Like when he's about to get hit, he, he goes down, tucks the ball down. And then, I mean, the worst thing that could happen is a penalty potentially on the defense. So I would agree, yeah. I wouldn't mind even seeing him down like uh, – goal line type things, you know, 10 yard and in. Um, I think he's a better um, like short yardage runner than uh, Luke McCaffrey is able to maybe put his shoulder down and get a few extra yards if need be, especially down, uh, like I said, in the uh, goal line area. So I hope to see him, you know, I've got a soft spot in my heart for him. Yeah, I, I, I like agree. the guy a lot and I hate that this is maybe the way it's ending, but mm-hmm. you know, actually I don't think it's ending this way. We're going to see him again. I, I can almost guarantee you. But just kind of outlook on the rest of the season, you know, it's all in for this game against Illinois. But I think we go ahead and get the win. Obviously, I don't think it's going to be a 16-point win. It's going to be another one-possession game. Um, but I think Nebraska wins. It gets us to 2-2. Two and two, And then that kind of sets us up. You know, we're I, – I don't think the division's achievable. I think actually we're better off that we didn't play Wisconsin because – I think that may have broke our confidence. They had a fucking whipped us with a third string, fourth string quarterback. Wisconsin's pretty good. Um, Northwestern, I thought we play, played with, and I thought, you know, we can beat those guys. But at the end of the day, they're 4-0. Um, they have a way, you know, they don't have to play Ohio State. Um, so I don't think the division titles um, in grass this year, unfortunately, after that loss to Northwestern last week, but uh, and not playing um, Wisconsin. So, I think, you know, we're playing for a 500 or above 500 record, which I think is very obtainable. Um, I think we match up well with Iowa, who would be our next game after Illinois, because uh, Illinois, our Iowa is a downfield, you know, drop back passer at quarterback, uh, want to run the ball down your throat. And I think that's what bodes well for our defense. So, you know, I like our chances to, uh, you know, get to get to minimum four wins and uh if things really shake our way get to five but the offense has got to get worked out mm-hmm. got this uh six points in the second half um just you know we don't have a running back that has 100 yards on the season yet we don't have a wide receiver that has 100 yards receiving on the season yet mm-hmm. it's um that's not gonna win you games down the stretch so we need to get that figured out and hopefully uh it starts this week with uh illinois so can we can we talk about two plays from the game what you got all right First one, uh, we we would be remiss to not talk about the left-handed throw from McCaffrey to yep. to uh, to Marvin Scott for the first down. It was nice, crafty. I mean, hey, you it, know, it's what, dangerous, but at the same time, at this point, what do we have to lose? What's getting overlooked about that play also is Marvin Scott made that first yeah. guy miss. Yeah, uh, to uh, everybody's talking about. You know, McCaffrey making the nice left-handed throw to him. But, uh, you know, Scott had to make a man miss to get that uh, first down. Yeah, and uh, obviously second play would be the equivalent of a football hole-in-one. Um, DeAndre Williams came came Rips off the back, edge. Um, yeah. Sack, force fumble, fumble recovery, touchdown. I mean, that's that's tough to do, and a lot of things have to go your way to, to make that play come to full fruition. Goodness, right. what a what a play! I mean, that's that's the kind of things that we've been missing on the defensive side of the football for for years, and and then even going back to you know Cam Taylor Britt's pick. I mean, it was a horrible throw, but we <laughs> terrible throw. But we finally have guys in position to make those types of plays, and it just right. seems like 
we were always somewhere else when when uh, another team made a mistake. And and to that point too, it was just kind of nice to like be on the other side of a team, kind of making mistakes and beating themselves out there in the first half, and us, you know, capitalizing on them. It just it it it's not something that we've been able to like really experience the last couple of years because it just seems like it's always something with us and something that doesn't go our way. And and we we finally got to, you know, really take advantage of another team beating themselves and it felt good. Right. Right. Penn state played like how Nebraska usually plays. Yeah. It was just, they were doing a lot of things to beat themselves. A lot of dumb miscues. They probably have, you know, maybe more talented team than we do, but uh, they, they beat themselves, you know, a lot. And that's, it's like, man, it feels good to see that happen to another team yeah. when you're playing that other team. Mm-hmm. So, but um, no, that's about it for you know, today, uh, tonight's episode. Um, you know, just feels good to uh, get back in the win column. Um, I feel like I had forgot what this feeling felt like, you know, so just a great way to start. You know, these 11 a.m. games, you know, we kind of talked before we started recording about them, but um, I'm all in. Give us 11 a.m. games the rest of the season, you know. It's like I, I can't sit around and wait till seven o'clock at this time, especially if you're not not able to do any tailgating. It's like let's go ahead and get this going. So, but, agreed. Uh, <laughs> agreed. Feels good. Nebraska <laughs> moves to one and two on the season uh, with what four four games left to go. Yeah, so, um, one win's great. Two wins is a winning streak. It has happened before, and three is a habit. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so let's, uh, you know, let's get this uh, next win against Illinois. And then, um, you know, then comes, you know, then we travel to our uh, arch nemesis, you know, those, uh, those idiots across the, across the lake there, or po- lake pond, where the fucking water yeah. reservoir that is. No, it's the, 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 the river right across the river. Yep. I said every fucking water blink except for river <laughs> <laughs> pond reservoir, uh, ocean, yeah, I hope no Iowa they, fans are listening to this. Yeah, they're like this <laughs> fucking idiot. Sorry. <laughs> yep, I know. So that's what you get trying to make fun of somebody. Yep. But um, that's it. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, we'll get with you guys next week after hopefully another Victory Monday. So go Big Red. GBR. This is the Big Red Revival.